It is really great to be with you here. As Bruce said, we are preparing to launch a church in the Kent Valley. And uh, we, we have a church planting background. We were with Team Expansion. Uh, is a mission organization that plants churches among unreached people groups. Uh, we were in Asia for 17 years planting there. When we heard that the Kent Valley, just the Kent school system alone, has 71 different languages spoken in the homes of the children of the Kent school system, uh, you see that uh, it's a very diverse uh, mosaic. And so uh, we actually feel comfortable there. So uh, the Lord is preparing us and, and uh, building a launch team. Pray for us. We actually put a bid on a house. Uh, we, we've, been, we've been living on the far southwest side of the Kent Valley as we learned the area. And uh, we, we put a bid on a house over on the East Hill area where most of the people are. And we'll find out tomorrow, actually, if we... Uh, if that works out, if it doesn't, God has another plan, another location. We're not worried about that, but that's kind of one of our major uh, prayer requests. Now, the great thing about a guest speaker, and especially one that's not from this area at all, and really it's the first time I've had a conversation with Bruce, uh, the, the wonderful thing about that is that if you don't like me, you don't have to see me again, <laughs> all right? Uh, that, 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 that's a great, that's great news, right? You say, oh, I'm, we're so glad Bruce is here and not that guy, right? So anyway, you're gonna, you're, we're gonna leave here today and you're gonna say, oh man, I, yeah, we are just so grateful for Bruce. So good for you, Bruce, well done. Um, have a great week at camp, come back and, and people will be excited to see you again. Now, uh, but the other thing about being somebody that uh, really is completely unknown is that if I share a word from the Lord and somehow it strikes a nerve with you, if somehow uh, you feel a little um, prodding, you know it's not from me because uh, I love you. You're a part of the family of God, yes. Uh, we love each other. We sang about that. First Corinthians, or excuse me, First John three eleven through twenty is all about that, isn't it? But if you feel a prodding, uh, it's not from me. It's from the Holy Spirit because I don't know your story. I'd love to hear your story. Uh, you don't necessarily, you don't know mine, other than the fact we're here to plant churches. So if I share something this morning and you feel prodding, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And you know what? When the Holy Spirit speaking to you, what ought we to do? <laughs> Listen, respond, uh, comply with the prodding of the Holy Spirit. So that's the great thing about being a, a guest speaker. Now, is it just me or have the last, say, 16 months or so been difficult? <laughs> Was it just me? Uh, or have, have all of us at one time or another over the last 16 months had some stressful situations? Yes? We've all encountered those kinds of things. And uh, it, 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 could, it could have been COVID. Uh, it could have been the elections. And you, I, I'm, I'm not, we're new here, but I realize that Olympia is the, it's the state capital, right? Yeah. We've been through Olympia once before. 
we were actually out here last summer kind of taking a tour of the Pacific Northwest as we were looking at different areas that George Johnson, the director, asked us to look at uh, considering church planting. And I thought, we'll just drive through like downtown Olympia and the Capitol building, uh, that area. Should, should I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to even share with you my impressions from the drive, the drive-by, the drive-through. So it, whether it was COVID or whether it was the election or maybe it was the racial tension, but, but uh, I feel like uh, our nation and, and particularly the Northwest, and I can share this kind of as an outsider coming in uh, with no ax to grind here, right? I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm not trying to uh, pick scabs or anything like that, but uh, there's been a lot of tension People are on edge, and it's not just the, the, the world that I'm talking about. I'm also talking about uh, churches as well. I've seen lots of, lots of things in the last 16 months happen in the church that I never thought I'd ever see. Uh, we had real high-capacity leaders that just said, see ya, I'm out of here. I'm not coming back until Jesus comes. I don't know. They said, well, we need you. People are coming back. Well, yeah, we're not comfortable coming back. Then there'd be this whole mask on, mask off thing. How many of you have experienced that? You know, uh, uh, you, you've seen the videos, right? Uh, you know, the, I can't help. It's like watching, a, watching a, a, a car wreck. Or, you know, you watch uh, races on TV like NASCAR. And, of course, when there's a wreck or something, you, you know, you, you kind of get your, grabs your attention. But same kind of deal where you see the videos of people getting on airplanes and they know when they bought their ticket and all that, they were going to have to put on a mask. And what happens? Uh, they get in a fight and now they actually have a federal offense uh, on an airplane over a mask. A mask. Mask on, mask off, and, and even in the church, uh, uh, last, late last summer, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm back in Detroit. We're in, pastoring in our church, and one of my jobs was to stand out at the door, and, and I had to tell people to mask up. Man, thank you. I, I, I so much wanted that job, right? Uh, you know, hey, and if one of those uh, videos of the people going ballistic on a plane were you, matter of fact, somebody like looked like Bruce back there was one. I'm wondering, <laughs> are, 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 yeah, I, you know, I, I'm sure I saw Bruce in one of those videos. <laughs> no, but but anyway, if if that was you, own it. Own it. If you've copped an attitude lately, own it. If you've been all riled up, on edge, don't deny it. Own it. Now, at times over the past year or so plus, I'm sure we've all wished 
that we could, you know, kind of be like a bear, you know, like bears do. They what do they do over the over the winter? I'm not talking about a grizzly bear that just gets mad and, and, and goes off that way. I'm just saying there have been times where uh, things have just gotten so tense, so out of hand, that what do we do? We want to become like a bear and just go into hibernation for <laughs> until it's over, right? Just, just go. And there's been a lot of people in the church that have kind of taken that attitude. And, uh, hey, I'm not coming out. I'm not leaving my house. Uh, I, I'm going to stay here, and I'm just going to hibernate and just kind of wait till this is all over, you know, like crawl under a rock and, and just not come out. Or maybe, you know, be like the ostrich, you know. Uh, I, I've never really seen this. I'm not even sure if it's true, but do they really bury their head in the sand and just kind of... And as a church, th- there have been churches that kind of have taken that that attitude, and I, I, I I've got brothers and sisters in Christ that I love who have kind of taken that uh, response to all of the struggles that we see going on around us. And, and I know that you have your own struggles too. Many of you, uh, work has changed. Work, you know, your, your job has changed. Uh, may, or maybe you lost your job. Or maybe uh, a family member had COVID. And, or maybe you had COVID and uh, there's a stress. Maybe you've lost loved ones even through uh, this pandemic. And we've got a preacher here in Olympia now that's uh, on a ventilator. Uh, we need to pray for him. What's his first name? Dwight. Dwight. Uh, we need to be rem- praying for Dwight. And, and, uh, and so there's just been a lot. I, I realize that. But again, I've not met you, and, and you've not met me. And so if anything I share this morning about anything that's tra- transpired uh, in your life lately, or maybe even going back, because we could go way back. Some of us have been carrying around some baggage for a long time. I just got a text from uh, a brother in Christ uh, from Michigan. Um, PTSD. He was, he's a Marine, you know, in Afghanistan, and he's still battling some PTSD. He's carrying some heavy load baggage there. And uh, many of us have stories of, of growing up and things like that where man, it's hard to move forward. So it may not just be the last 16 months that I'm talking about here, right? It could be something that's way deeper. Back, you know. Now, I love the name of this church. It's like I'm preaching to the choir here, Capital Vision. Now, that implies that you already know the calling that you've received. But it doesn't hurt, especially in times like these, to be reminded of the calling that we've received. And what is that? It's our calling uh, of, to the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Our ministry of reconciliation. I want you to open your Bibles, and this is the only scripture you got up here today. Uh, it's the only it's the only text I sent Bruce, uh, but this is such a powerful uh, passage. So if you got your Bibles, open them up to Second Corinthians. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be looking at, at chapter five here in a moment. But let me lay the groundwork here for us uh, about the church at Corinth. All right, or maybe the city of Corinth. Uh, just so you know that the city of Corinth 
was a really large city in the Apostle Paul's day. In fact, 400,000 people. Now, I don't know what the population is of an Olympia. Uh, is it even that? I doubt. There you go. Uh, but Corinth was a city of 400,000. It was a seaport city, and it had all the reputation to go with it. Matter of fact, they had more than one seaport. It, it was a center of commerce. It was a center for politics. Uh, it was a multi-ethnic mosaic kind of city. Uh, it was a city that, uh, in fact, they would sit, use an expression back in that day, I'm going to go get Corinthianized. Corinthianized meant uh, kind of like I'm going to Sin City. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to go do a wild thing, and I'm going to Corinth to do it. But that's where Paul went, and he preached there for 18 months, and he started churches there uh, in that southern Greek city. All right. Now, uh, just so you know, uh, the church kind of resembled, uh, was kind of crazy like the city of Corinth was. Because if you read 1 Corinthians, and we're not going to take time to do that, but there's a lot going on in that church. In fact, uh, I mean, there's a lot going on there, seriously. Uh, the Apostle Paul began his letter in 1 Corinthians and saying, you guys have divisions among the church. I mean, some of you follow Apollos, some Paul, some Cephas. Um, you know, they had divisions in the church. Not only that, but there was, a, there was actually a, a family where there was an incest kind of relationship going on in the church. Paul's saying, expel the immoral brother who's, who has this. I mean, there, there's some really nasty stuff going on in, in the church. Not only that, but um, there were people actually saying that there was no resurrection. There was never going to be a resurrection. There was, there was uh, idolatry going on in the church where there were people, because there's lots of idols in the city, there were lots of temples, lots of gods, and there were people actually worshiping idols and then coming and partaking of communion, but it wasn't any kind of Lord's Supper like we just partook of. They were actually getting drunk with, <laughs> with the wine. Sound like, excuse me, it sounded like some of the Catholic friends that I've had that were the altar boys <laughs> because I hear stories that uh, they drank a little too much of the, 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 the communion. Well, the point is, is that the church at Corinth was a hot mess. In fact, I'm, Bruce, I, I'm think, I think you ought to, you got some skills maybe. Would you want to be in a church like that? Imagine the Apostle Paul planting that church and all these things are going on there all at that time as Paul's writing a letter back to them. Now let's get on to 2 Corinthians because that's why what, I, what we're going to talk about today, what we're going to see today is such an amazing passage to read when you put it side by side with all the things that were going on in all the, all the tumult of the city of Corinth and all of the craziness that was going on among the church people themselves, inside the church. So outside the church, there's, there's, it's, it's crazy, but inside the church wasn't a whole lot better. Now, I know this church is not like that. Okay, so I, I, I get that. So I just, but I just want to say, uh, things were crazy there in, the, in Corinth, right? 
And that's what makes this passage even more special. And especially for the time and season that we're in here. So you got your Bibles or you see it up there. Let's just read it together. Um, I, I'm going to start in, in verse uh, 17. And it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. I love that word, reconciled. Reconciled him his, who, from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Turn to the person on your left or right and say, good morning, ambassador. We laugh, but that's exactly what the passage said. The question is, then, since you laughed, God, do you know what you're doing? You just made me an ambassador of Jesus Christ where I live, where I work, and where I play. Or surely the Apostle Paul meant I'm an ambassador just on Sunday morning when I put on my suit and tie and give the communion meditation. So, hey, you know, I can get dressed up for an hour or so a week, but other than that, I, I'm not so much the ambassador, right? Or that's not how I see myself. Uh, now, I, I got to let you know that for the last nine months while we've been out here and in the pandemic, uh, I took a job. In 35 years, I'd never had a job outside of the church. I took a job. Guess what I do? <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> this is funny. So funny. I'm like the oldest. I'm like the oldest driver of a box truck that Amazon has ever had. I'm driving one of their big trucks, not the semi, but uh, the trucks that actually will deliver packages to residents and commercial and all that. So I'm driving this big old box truck. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know that uh, next Friday is my retirement day. Uh, I will cease uh, driving that box truck. But anyway, I, I, I just I want to say that because uh, just a couple of days ago, I am driving down a very narrow gravel road. Uh, to deliver to a house at the far end of the gravel road. And so, uh, again, it's really narrow. I'm in a big, wide box truck, so I'm going pretty slow. I, I'm, I'm under 10 miles an hour, right? But it hasn't rained, and guess what? It's dusty. So anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm backing out this lane because there's no turnaround, and I'm, I'm going really even slower. And this old guy, excuse me, elderly gentleman, comes out with a scowl on his face, and he stops me as I'm backing up. I have my door open over here, right? And it's a hot day. And he said, hey, young man. Well, thank you for that. Um, I want to talk to you. So I stopped. Yes, sir. 
would you please slow down when you're driving past my house? Take a breath. How do I respond? I bet the guy's had a rough year. I bet he hasn't been out much. And I bet he's hot in his house and the windows are open and dust just flew through his window as I went by at under 10 miles an hour. And I said, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I know I was going less than 10 miles an hour, but how fast do you want me to go? He said, can you make it under five? <laughs> and I said, no problem. Next time I will. And he said, thank you, and went back in his house. I didn't want to say that. I just want you to know, I didn't want to say any of that. I wanted to spin my tires right there, <laughs> right there in the gravel road. That's just, that's just my nature. Now, you know, say, well, no, you're a preacher. Hey, well, yeah, but we're human too. We don't always want to respond kindly, do we? The temptation, especially when we're under, I have a big schedule. I'm looking at a schedule, a route, you know, that's going to take me way longer than, than, than they think it will, but you're in a big truck, right? I have this long route. I have a long day. I have a lot of packages to deliver. I don't have time to drive under five miles an hour down this little gravel driveway, that kind of thing, right? And, but I think somewhere... I was called to a ministry of reconciliation. As I was reconciled to God through Christ, I've been called to a ministry of reconciliation. Now, let me, let me point out just a few things in this passage which may not be immediately uh, clear to us, all right? That I think will help us as we think about how we respond to others how we respond to others, even when they don't respond the way we'd like. And I'm not talking just uh, inside the church. I'm also talking outside the church, especially outside the church. All right, so the first thing is that notice in that verse 17, it says, uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, wait, let me back up. I'm sorry. Verse 16. I didn't, I didn't include it. Listen to what he says. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. That's a fascinating verse. We don't regard anyone from a human point of view. What in the world does the Apostle Paul mean there? And he says, we once regarded Christ that way, but we don't do it anymore, do we? Well, what did he do that proved that he wasn't just flesh and bones? He arose from the grave. Uh, by the way, there was a time in the Apostle Paul's life where he regarded Jesus just from a human point of view. And he uh, went around arresting and murdering the church because of it. And of course, we might say his eyes were opened on the road to Damascus. And I don't have time to go into that story. If you don't know it, uh, ask Bruce <laughs> uh, when he gets back from camp or read it yourself. 
But the Apostle Paul saw the light that there was more to Jesus than just flesh and bones. And when we look at somebody, no matter whether they're inside the church or outside the church, we don't look at them from a worldly point of view. In fact, we look at that person as someone for whom Jesus died, someone who has a spirit, somebody that has a soul, And the way we respond to them, especially if they know we put on a suit and tie on Sunday morning and do the communion meditation, if we respond to them in an unchristlike manner, we may hinder their path to Jesus. We, we may become a stumbling block on their road to faith. You're a speed bump. How many of us like speed bumps? We really don't like them. What was the creative wording that they used for speed bumps up by George's house, remember? It was some, the, Seattle area has some nice kind word for speed bump, but the truth is, is they're really annoying. Something like that. But imagine you becoming a speed bump on a person's road or journey to faith, all because you've regarded them from a worldly point of view. They didn't wear a mask, and so I had to go off on them, or they did wear a mask, and I had to go off on them, or they don't look like me, they don't talk like me, or they have a different political position than I do, and so I have every right to give them my peace of mind and, and give them my two cents worth and not do it in a Christ-like way. And so we, uh, we kind of, well, remember we're ambassadors. <laughs> and so what we say carries some weight to it. Uh, let me share something else with you as we move on a little bit more into this passage. Remember that the Apostle Paul's reminding us here that we were once far from God too. You see, he reconciled us to himself and while we were yet, what, sinners, Christ died for us, right? And so we have to remember that, that this person that is going off on us, and we'd like to go off on them now, is someone for whom Christ died, somebody who has a soul and a spirit. We also have to remember that we ourselves were once in that very same boat. We who are in Christ were one at one time not in Christ. And someone shared the love of Jesus with us, maybe at church camp, uh, maybe elsewhere. Um, if I go back to my home church and I preach, uh, there's lots of people crying. I'm not kidding. I'm, not, I'm really not, that's not a joke. Brenda will testify. There's, there's tears running down faces. And that's because they're so thankful that they didn't kill me when they had the chance. Because I put, the, I put my youth sponsors, youth leaders, through all kinds of grief. And now they're just saying, well, I'm, we're so thankful that, number one, that he, no, that he, he uh, well, they gave me a one-way ticket to Asia when we were missionaries, right? <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not sure if they're crying because we came back or 
that they're just glad they didn't kill me when they, when they wanted to, right? Uh, there's another thing here that we see in this passage, and I just want to point it out. And it was only in Christ that we were made new. That is, that our sins are no longer counted against us. And that's what this passage says, uh, that, uh, in, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the word to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And it's because of the fact that our burdens have been lifted, it's because that our sins were washed away in the blood of Christ that we are even able to have that ministry, that message. So it's not from us. We were once in the same boat, that these people are, people of the world we're in, and it's only because of the blood of Christ that we are now who we are, ambassadors for Christ. And then we remember in this passage that God has appointed us his amb- ambassadors. And I'm like, do you really want me to represent you? <laughs> now, we, but we are, we're ambassadors of reconciliation. Now, I love, I love this, this, this context. Jesus put it a little bit differently. Remember on the Sermon on the Mount, what did he say in the Beatitudes? Is there a Beatitude that kind of goes to the heart of what it is to be a, uh, an ambassador of reconciliation? I heard it. Peacemakers, yes. Jesus spoke of, uh, he said, blessed are the peacemakers, I love this, for they will be called sons of God. That's who you are. That's who Jesus has called us to be, peacemakers. Uh, That old elderly gentleman that stood beside my truck and gave me what for for going under 10 miles an hour down the gravel road. I'm a peacemaker, 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 you know, and that's who we are, even though it wasn't easy, and you think of Jesus, we talked about it, you mentioned it in your communion meditation, you know what Jesus said when they drove the nails through his hands and feet, Father, what, forgive that. I know that we've suffered a lot of grief from a lot of people, but I don't know that too many of us have ever had pain inflicted on us the way those soldiers did on Jesus. And in the midst of that, he was praying for them for their forgiveness. They don't know what they're doing. Simon Peter asked Jesus how many times he had to forgive, right? And he said up to seven times. The law said three and, of course, Jesus said that, that we could say 70 times 7, right, or 77 times. In other words, stop counting. Uh, that's my wife. The, the, one of her greatest gifts is she stopped counting all the times that I've, I've given her grief, right? She loves me anyway. But if there's anything our world needs right now, it's peacemakers. If there's anything that our city needs, that this community needs right now, they need to see those ambassadors of reconciliation. We can't bury our head in the sand during this tough time. 
we can't hibernate like a bear. Might. We can't respond the way the world is responding. We have to share the love of Jesus. And there's one thing I know about love. It's stronger than hate and bitterness and rage and all those things. Now, I could go, my wife did this, saying I was done. But just so you know, you know what happens when we hold on to all that rage and anger and bitterness and, and hate. It puts us in chains, and Satan holds the key then. And so you have to let it go. And you say, well, Dave, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what that person did to me or what they did or the way I was raised or all of that. And you're right, I don't. I'll just share 10 seconds of my personal testimony. I was nearly aborted twice. I was abandoned twice, and I've been adopted twice. So if you don't think that I have any understanding of what it requires to be an ambassador of reconciliation, we can sit down over coffee and compare stories. I've got scars, and I know you do too. They're no excuse. Jesus is calling us this week to be his ambassadors out there. And we all, all have a ministry and a message of reconciliation. And it begins and ends with Jesus. What do you say? Amen. All right, let me pray for you. And I'm going to pray for Bruce and his team going off to camp. Uh, let's all stand. If you need to talk to somebody because, uh, well, you've been carrying some stuff that you shouldn't be carrying, or maybe you've not been the ambassador that God wants you to be, and that needs to change, uh, I'll stick around. Bruce, I think, has got to take off. But, or talk to one of your leaders. Um, but just don't hold that stuff in. That's about the worst thing you can do, all right? I think I read somewhere where Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, we thank you so much for Jesus and that you sent him, your only son, and he gave his life to redeem us, to reconcile himself to uh, to reconcile us to you. You did all the heavy lifting. But that's not all. You gave us an amazing ministry. Uh, and, and Father, there are times where we wonder what you're doing. Uh, you gave us the opportunity and the responsibility to become your ambassadors, and we're not worthy. And Father, we're gonna fall and we make mistakes, and we've even made them in the last months. And, and, and Father, for those we ask forgiveness. But Father, those are no excuse for what we're about to do this week, the people that we're gonna encounter this week, the, the opportunities that you're gonna give us 
to impact the lives of people who may not know Jesus yet. But through us, they might hear that message of reconciliation. They might see it evidenced in our lives. And Father, they may turn to you because uh, we, we were peacemakers in this world that's just full of chaos and bitterness and rage and anger. And, and so, Father, I pray that you would use each and every soul here this morning as your ambassadors of reconciliation. And Father, we give you all the glory for all that takes place. And Father, I want to lift up especially the team and the, and the campers going to camp this week, the staff, and I, I pray for Bruce. And I just pray, Father, that they will have an amazing week, that, Father, lives will be transformed forever because uh, of this week of camp. And so, Father, that... that uh, it just might be a great uh, time of fellowship with you through them. So, Father, we pray that in, in each, as we go our separate ways this morning, where we live, where we work, where we play, that you would be glorified. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you.